1: Okay, uh, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Conversations with Jeff. I'm really excited for uh, this week's episode. It's going to be a really fascinating, interesting topic. Uh, but before we get to that, before I introduce our guest for this week, I uh, wanted to remind everybody that's watching the recording of this uh, we live stream this episode here uh, for plugged in members first. You guys can stream it live, uh, watch, ask questions, participate in the conversation. And that sort of thing, and then also the other side of it too is just that um, we're, we added a new devotional as well. So if you're a plugged-in member, you're going to be able to get access to that devotion that we'll send out every single Monday. Uh, different author contributing each month, as well as a different topic each month. Just that way you can kind of ruminate on the issue and really dive into that and really kind of make that a part of that entire month. So that would so like this month this, that we're doing right now is on the gospel. And uh, that way we're spending the entire month studying the gospel. Um, that way, at the end of the month, we're not just ta- hopping from topic to topic. It's really just kind of infiltrating your mind and your heart and your soul and that sort of thing. So uh, head on over to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in for all of you guys that are watching live. Make sure you guys uh, are submitting questions throughout if you guys are interested in uh, you know, having uh, our guest answer. Um, that would be great. There's a little tab right over here or right over here and you can actually uh, submit questions right there, and I will ask live during the podcast. So uh, today, our guest is Larry Gators. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. We've got you over the phone for this one, and uh, I'm really excited about today, because we're gonna be talking about uh, liberation theology, which I think is really relevant, but also just really important for people to understand what's actually going on. So welcome, Larry, glad we could sit down and do this.
0: Thank you so much, uh, Brother Jeff. It's an honor to be on your podcast tonight.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, and and so one of the things that, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this before is, you know, want to make sure that people actually understand what is liberation theology, because I feel like what's happened is a lot of times this term is thrown around a lot. But a lot of times it's not actually defined for the everyday person to actually understand, okay, what does this actually mean? What is this theology? So I wanted to kind of give you a chance to kind of lay the groundwork so that way people can understand when we're talking about black liberation theology, what is it that we're exactly talking about?
0: In order for us to understand um, the dangers of black liberation theology here— in the 21st century, um, specifically the intersection of Marxism and socialism, we have to go back into the background of what we call liberation theology, which started in Latin America uh, during the late 50s, 60s, 70s, and all the way up until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. There's uh, three specific scriptures um, that really uh, reveal uh, what the dangers of black libera- liberation theology represent today. Uh, St. Mark 15, uh, verses 7 and 8, one word, and that word is called insurrection, okay? Now, remember that word uh, during the uh, the podcast, throughout the, uh, the podcast tonight, insurrection, including the name of Barabbas, Okay. Uh, and then in Genesis four fifteen, we have the word or words mark of Cain. All right, remember that t- those terms mark of Cain. Uh, so when we interconnect the words Cain to the word Abel, we get the term cannibal. That's another teaching for another day. It's powerful, and to our young people out there, um, to understand the dangers of Black liberation theology, we have to dissect even um, the meaning of the names Cain and Abel. The Coptic interpretation, Brother Jeff, of Cain is the word crypt or coffin. And the Coptic interpretation of the word Abel is blood, and that's where we get the terms bloods and crypts. I'll come back to that, God willing, uh, later on in the broadcast. And so then, the third scripture in John 18, 36, uh, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom, he did not say my empire is not of this world. So, insurrection gives birth to empire. Jesus Christ did not come with a gospel of insurrection. Jesus Christ came with the gospel of resurrection, not a gospel of victimhood or, uh, or victimology, but a gospel that liberates all mankind through the blood of, of, the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to preface those three specific scriptures because the word of God, brother Jeff, is always the foundation, okay, of everything that we must talk about. So Mark chapter 15, Verses seven, actually going down to verse number 15, insurrection, then the word Barabbas. That term bar means son, Abbas means father. Now, uh, according to the Apostolic Father origin, uh, Barabbas was once a uh, rabbinical student. I kid you not, brother. Jeff. Barabbas was once a uh, rabbinical student in Israel during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his father uh, was the senior rabbi of the chief, or the chief rabbinate during that time, according to um, the books of the gospels, according to the Maccabees. That's another topic for another day. So then insurrection, Mark of Cain, And the term, my kingdom is not of this world. So to understand black liberation theology, we have to first dissect the origins of liberation theology. Because black liberation theology, Brother Jeff, uh, is not based on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a great distinction between empire versus kingdom. Christ did not come to establish an empire, Barabbas uh, being a son of a senior chief rabbinic rabbi. Now, somebody may say, well, um, uh, Larry, that's not in the the gospel.
1: I think we may have lost Larry there let me let me see if uh if we can get him back really quick
0: okay so um hey, just, rabbits- larry
1: just, just you know we lost you there for about 30 seconds or so 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 uh we, we got you back though now
0: Excellent. So then, thank you, sir. So that Barabbas was a part uh, of a secret society uh, by the name of the Zealots. So the Zealots, uh, Brother Jeff, uh, their sole dogma or doctrine was to overthrow the Roman Empire, to overthrow Pontius Pilate, okay? Uh, during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Jesus says in John 18, 36, my kingdom is not of this world. In other words, the, the true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not based on victimhood. The true gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is not based upon um, the condemnation of a race cause of past sins the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't liberate just a race of people but the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ and I want to share this with you uh, uh, quickly uh, brother Jeff Uh, there is a difference here uh, between the gospel of Jesus Christ and the gospel that Jesus Christ taught that was a question the Lord uh, asked me very uh, many years ago, I will say about 10, 15 years ago. Are you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ or are you teaching the gospel that I preach? Now, liberation theology. So to understand black liberation theology, we have to go to the origins, to the stem of what we call liberation theology. It goes back to the year of 1302, uh, Brother Jeff, where uh, Pope Boniface VIII uh, sent out a global decree called Unum Sanctum. Unum Sanctum, which means that all souls are decreed or liberated to the Vatican. This is powerful here. All souls are decreed or liberated to the Vatican system. This is called Unum Sanctum, the decree of liberation through insurrection. Where the Roman Catholic Church, and I'm not uh, lambashing my Catholic brothers and sisters who may be listening uh, to the show tonight, but to understand Black liberation theology we have to go back to the origins, what I call the origination, Brother Jeff, the historicity of what we call liberation theology that started in at in um, the year of 1302 through Pope Boniface VIII, through the global decree of the Unum Sanctum, okay? Now, it's interesting, uh, Brother Jeff, that the papal system, um, every single pope uh, is related by blood that's another topic for another day again every single pope is related by blood okay and this unum sanctum um, serves as the template uh, for the next three to four hundred years thereafter up until the 1960s of what we call liberation theology, which gives birth to black liberation theology. Uh, And and for a side note, uh, Brother Jeff, uh, every US president uh, other than President Trump is related by blood. Now somebody may say, well, if that's the case, why is President Trump um, the president of the United States of America? because he's under the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Another topic for another day. So then the dangers of black liberation theology, which in its inception through Pope Boniface VIII, goes from 1302 um, to the year of 1540. Uh, there, is a, there was a secret society that still exists today by the name of the Jesuit Secret Society called the Society of Jesus. That was birthed in their inception uh, on the 27th 27th of September, 1540 uh, in Paris, France. Uh, Seven priests uh, who were tied to the Vatican, okay, uh, to Pope John III created a secret society, called the Jesuit Secret Society, or the Society of Jesus. And two of the seven men were um, proponents of liberation theology. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, and also a man by the name of Peter Faber. F-A-B-E-R. Now, later on, probably in the next 15 to 20 minutes, I'm going to bring back this person This named Peter Faber, who had ordered insurrections, Brother Jeff, and assassinations between 1525 to 1545. So now somebody may say, well, uh, Bishop, uh, the Society of Jesus, they do good. Well, on the surface, but historically, to understand Black liberation theology and thereby liberation theology... We have to go also to uh, 1540 in Paris, France, the secret society of the Jesuits. And mind you, Brother Jeff, every proponent of both uh, Latin liberal um, liberation theology or African liberation theology or Asiatic liberation theology or black liberation theology, every proponent is a Jesuit, that's a key. Every uh, person, every priest, every bishop, uh, every professor is of the Jesuit order who are interconnected, not just to the Vatican, but also to what we call the dangers of black liberation theology. Now, again, when we understand black liberation theology, we have to continue to what we know concerning the foundation of liberation theology. Now, in 1941, uh, Brother Jeff, um, the KGB, okay, uh, that was uh, uh, the uh, intelligence apparatus of the former Soviet Union, uh, all the way up, uh, actually from 1945, near the end of World War II, uh, all the way up until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1991. In 1941, the KGB, um, actually through Joseph Stalin, the premier uh, of the Soviet Union in 1941. This was during um, the um, the beginnings of World War II. There was a high-level KGB agent by the name of Nikola. Leonov, capital L E O N O V, who was stationed, brother Jeff, in central and south in southern um, Latin America, his domain, his territory, under the leadership of Joseph Stalin through the KGB, was all of Latin American countries. Why? To destabilize. Um, the Western Hemisphere through Latin America. And I'm not bashing our Latino brothers and sisters. I'm just giving your audience um, a foundation, all right, the origin of what we call Black liberation theology today. Now, according to um, a communist um, uh, general by the name of General Ion uh, Pasipa, capital I-O-N, then capital P-A-C-E-P-A. Now, uh, he was a former former communist secret uh, policeman uh, within the government of Romania. That was uh, a Soviet satellite. He said that in 1978, uh, Brother Jeff, that the KGB, through the Politburo, created liberation theology. The KGB, not from the Word of God, not even from Latin America yet, but the KGB created uh, what they called Operation uh, Liberal Theology. Why? To destabilize the Western Hemisphere through theology a Marxist form of theology. Now, going back to Karl Marx quickly here, Brother Anja, Karl Marx said that religion has become the opium of the people. Notice the term re-legion, legion. that's another topic for another day. So to understand the dangers of Black liberation theology, we have to expose the foundation of what we call liberation theology. So this general Ion uh, Pasipa had said in a 1978 article that the KGB uh, created liberation theology, theology, including later black liberation theology. So then the KGB had destabilized uh, Latin America, Okay. Now, later in the mid to late uh, 50s, actually going um, from 1955 to 1965, Brother Jeff, uh, the Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev uh, also sent another high-level KGB agent to Brazil, uh, a man by the name of General Alexander Sakharovsky, capital S-A-K-H-A-R-O-V-S-K-Y. Now, people are saying, well, why all of these names, uh, Bishop? Why, what does the KGB and these defective KGB agents have anything to do with black liberation theology? Well, black liberation theology, it's rooted in liberation theology in Latin America, okay? Which gave birth to the spiritual, and the theological destabilization of Latin America. Now, in Central and South America, quickly here, um, the KGB wanted to create a spiritual and a theological insurrection. Now, remember Barabbas, remember the word insurrection, remember the words Mark of Cain. So then, black liberation theology which is birthed from liberation theology, is both a mark of Cain and also is the psychosis of Barabbas. So Barabbas, who wanted to overthrow the Roman government, was trying to hijack, and I want you listeners to listen to this. This is powerful. Um, The Zealot secret Society, the Jesuits, during the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, wanted to hijack the earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, not because they loved him, but they wanted to use Jesus to overthrow Pontius Pilate. But Jesus said in John, my kingdom, not empire, but my kingdom is not of this world. So then the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ is not based on what color you are, Brother Jeff, or what color I am. And as a side note, before we uh, move on quickly, every person when you and I were born again, Brother Jeff, though your skin color remained the same and my skin color remained the same, but you and I, Brother Jeff, are no longer tied to our races. Why? Because we belong to the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then here as we and give me about five minutes and then we're going uh, to get to your questions because this is very powerful. To understand the dangers of black liberation theology, we have to first understand both liberation theology and the secret police called the KGB that created it. In 1968, quickly, uh, the KGB created a, a international conference of bishops and priests in uh, in the city and nation of Medin, uh, Colombia, which is a high drug cartel country. And to our Colombian brothers and sisters, what I'm about to say, this is not against you specifically, but for decades, Brother uh, Jeff, The Medin Drug Cartel and the cartels throughout Central and South America are funneling millions of dollars through the Roman Catholic Church via the Jesuit Society. Another topic for another day. So then the KGB creates this 1968 conference. Guess who was present at the conference? Sarlinski. Who is Sarlinski? rules for radicals. Saul Alinsky was present at the 1968 birth of what they call Latin Liberation Theological Conference in Medellin, Colombia was there. But guess who also was there? An African-American man by the name of Dr. James Cone. Dr. James Cone who is 30 years old at this conference in 1968, is the founder of Black Liberation Theology here in the United States of America. So I'm trying to connect these historical dots, Brother Jeff, these ley lines, okay? So then the KGB, which also uh, supported uh, Che Guevara, including Fidel Castro, Uh, Guevara and Fidel Castro, financially supported liberation theology throughout Central and South America. The KGB also later created the uh, Palestinian Liberation Front, Yasser Arafat. But also, Brother Jeff, what is so powerful, during the 1960s, through KGB money, they created the Black Liberation Front, which is now called the Black Liberation Army, that on the 16th of February, uh, Brother Jeff, there were four people, three men and one woman. I believe the woman's name was Michelle Duclos, a terrorist from uh, Montreal, Canada. They were planning to blow up the Statue of Liberty here in New York City. The Black Liberation Front, who are also proponents of Black liberation theology, who was also financially supporting James Cone in his trip to where? To South America at this conference. I guarantee you, brother Jeff, the average person, they may or may not even know what I'm talking about here tonight. So the dangers of black liberation theology began in in the city and nation of Medin, Colombia in 1968. But two years prior, um, Brother Jeff, in 1966, and I'm almost done, and we're going to give the floor over back to you, um, there was a another secret society by the name of the Movement of Priests for the Third World. Again, the Movement of the Priests for the Third World. These are KGB fronts, just like the Black Liberation Army, just like the Palestinian Liberation Army. The KGB also infiltrated, infiltrated with Black Liberation Theology and Liberation Theology, the World Council of Churches, say this again. Black Liberation Theology, which is not based upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, including Liberation Theology that was birthed in uh, Central and South America, infiltrated with KGB money, man of God, the World Council of Churches. Why? To destabilize the Western Hemisphere. So the KGB uh, created, gave birth to liberation theology through the orders of Nikita Khrushchev. So then you have um, KGB uh, assets who are posing as bishops and priests in south america in the 50s 60s 80s all the way up until 1991 until the fall of the soviet union like i said two minutes ago the kgb infiltrated the world council of churches to destabilize the western hemisphere through a communistical socialistical and fascist theology that would praise black lives matter today that's the communist front that would praise uh, the women of the feminist movement, Gloria Steinem, who was a CIA asset during the 70s, 80s, and 90s. She was a proponent of not only liberation in black theology, men of God, but Gloria Steinem was also a proponent of the feminist movement, okay, which gave birth to what we call the Me Too movement. Now, to our sisters out there, listen, I believe in the tenets of Me Too, because I believe these women have to have a voice who have been raped and, and, and molested. But the problem I have with Me Too, um, Brother Jeff, is the weaponization of it. That's a part of liberation uh, theology and black liberation theology. In two minutes and, I, and I'm done. So so then we come up from 1968, okay, uh, all the way up to 1970. Now, it's interesting that going 10 years prior to 1970, uh, in 1960, Dr. James Cohn attended, like I said before, uh, in, in 1968. In 1968, he attends the 1960 um, Liberation uh, Theological Conference in Medine, Columbia. Okay? Now, at this conference, before we get to 1970, The KGB chose three um, Latino bishops to give birth to liberation theology, Brother Jeff. Gustafa uh, Gutierrez, who is a Jesuit Peruvian priest, who wrote a book in, I believe, 1970, 71 concerning uh, a liberation of theology. Notice, as if Theology needed to be liberated. Leonardo Boff, a Brazilian uh, Jesuit priest, and the third man, Juan uh, Luis Zangundo, capital S E G U uh, N D O, from Uruguay. Okay? So then they, along with Dr. James Cohn, uh, wanted to infiltrate the United States with Black liberation theology. Now, remember, during the 1960s, and I'm done here, the Black Power Movement, the Black Consciousness movements, and I got to say this to our African-American brothers and sisters, the Civil Rights Movement from 1953 to 1965 was saturated, inundated with communist and socialist money. The song, We Shall Overcome, Brother Jeff, I'm gonna gonna, gonna have to break everyone's bubble tonight. The term we shall overcome was uh, a song written by Alfred Tinley, an African-American minister from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, who was a student at the University of Moscow, okay? During the summer, and I want you guys to write this out because this is powerful here, Uh, during uh, the summer, of 1948 he was a student that song we shall overcome it's rooted within the KGB I know people are going to write you tonight man of God and say I don't believe it but listen this is a reason why my assignment man of God is to awaken uh, humanity here and in two minutes with um, and I'm done so dr. James Comb here Okay, in 68, attends this conference along with the three Latino priests who are also Jesuits, Gutierrez, Bach, and Segundo, okay, along with Saul Alinsky, Rules for Radicals, which influenced uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And by the way, man of God, thank you, thank you, Holy Ghost. Um, the parents of Saul Alinsky, uh, Benjamin Alinsky, and Sarah Tannenbaum, worked closely with Leon Trotsky and Joseph Stalin before they immigrated to Chicago in 1918. You see the connections here, going from 1302, the Union Sanctum, to Pope, uh, Pope Boniface VIII, to, uh, to the 1500s, to the Jesuit secret society that was born in Paris, France, but ratified by the Vatican through Pope, john the third to deny to the 1960s to 1968 to this 1968 uh, liberation theological conference now dr james cone believes in black liberation theology guess who paid his way man of god to university it was a white couple by the name of james and alice Boyack. I kid you not, capital B-O-Y-A-C-K. Now, I'm not trying to destroy the memory of Dr. James Cone, okay, who died, I believe, uh, um, almost about two years ago in 2018. Dr. James Cone, who is a proponent of black liberation theology, that Jesus was black, that the angels are black, okay? And anything that is non-black has to pay a price of reparations in order for that race to be redeemed. That's garbage. Why? Because my friend, the price was paid 2,000 years ago at Mount Calvary. So then, just like the parable uh, of the rich man, okay, who was trying to beg uh, his master, his king, uh, that when he became broke, busted, and disgusted, so to speak, he, he leniency. He wanted grace concerning uh, not to be thrown into prison because he owed a debt. Then when the king liberated him, no, no connection to black liberation theology, then he was castigating his brother who may or may not look like him, he wanted his brother to pay a price that he, his brother, had nothing to do with. Man of God. So then, my the message to Black America: If you are tied into this Black liberation theology, this is the reason why. And I thank God for uh, for you, uh, Brother Dornick, and for this powerful broadcast, because tonight we have to um, contextualize systematic theology by exposing what black liberation theology um, is about so dr his benefactors were a beautiful white couple who paid for both his undergrad at philander smith college in 1958 who also mentored him and also paid his college tuition man of god during his masters in Ph.D. years at Northwestern University, a white couple, but yet years later, he's propagating black liberation theology. And he said, and I quote, the black theologian must reject any conception of God, which stifles black self-determination by picturing God as a God of all peoples. Wait a minute now, hold hold up. Now, I thought Jesus said, man of God, for God so loves Black folk, no, for God so loved white folk, no, for God so loved the world. The world is the fallen state of the earth. So, wait a minute, so black liberation theology is not based upon the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, because unless you're free, brother, I'm not free, and vice versa. But black liberation theology, rooted in liberation theology, which was conceived by the KGB as early as 1941, is only built upon victimhood, pigmentation, and the psychology of entitlement. So then reparations, any African-American pastor or Latino pastor, if you are teaching reparations from your pulpit, you gotta be sat down because in other words, if a minister is telling his congregation, Brother Jeff, that the white man or the Caucasian world must get reparations, what that pastor is saying to his people? It's not enough that Christ went to the cross to repair you. We've got to blood suck people who don't look like us and had nothing to do with slavery. That's another topic for another day. In other words, man of God, the black church, and I hate to call it that, is being lied to, is being played, my friend. And then so then, Dr. Cohn says in my closing, concerning the black theologian, everything's black, must reject any conception of God which stifles black self-determination, which pictures God or by picturing God as a God of all peoples, either God is identified with the oppressed to the point that their experience becomes God's experience, becomes the experience of the Lord. I said, wait, 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 wait. The gospel is not based upon one's experience, whether it's the black experience or the Latino experience or the Asian or the Caucasian experience. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ brings victory and not victimhood. Again, Dr. James Cone, whose financial benefactor was a beautiful white couple, but yet he is propagating black liberation uh, theology. And he says in my closing that black liberation theology uh gives birth to the complete emancipation of black people from white oppression by whatever means black people deem necessary. Wait a minute, hold up. By whatever by whatever means black people deem necessary? No, no, that's not gospel, that's insurrection. That's the psychosis of Barabbas. That is the mark of Cain. So black liberation theology is the mark of Cain with a Barabbas psychosis. And I just want to leave you with that today because this is powerful, man. Of God, because, see, people don't realize that in, I believe, in 1970, Dr. James Cone um, uh, taught at the world-renowned Union Theological Seminary here in New York City. The Union Theological Seminary, which was once conservative, my friend, back in the late uh, uh, 1800s. But the Union Theological Seminary today is the bastion of left-wing liberal Marxist theology. And i, I got to call out another um, seminary, or what I call cemeteries. Any seminary that doesn't teach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are a cemetery, the fuller the Fuller um, Theological Seminary in California I believe in Pasadena California yep they are proponents of black liberation theology they have a class that they have two classes both on liberation theology and black liberation theology and they have a club that supports black lives matter Wait a minute, a seminary they believe in same-sex marriage. They believe in same-sex restrooms. They believe in what they call alternative forms, alternative forms of marriage. Stop. That is liberation theology based upon a Marxist and a socialist intersection of slavery. Karl Marx said again about religion: "It's the opium of the Marx." and Frederick Engels, their global view was to use theology through third world nations of Central and South America, and through black America, to recruit through liberation and black theology, communist and socialist agents to this day. Why do you think that the left wing um, is for illegal immigration? That was the plan of Stalin and Khrushchev, decades before uh, illegal immigration. This is a reason why they want Donald Trump out of office, and thereby, my friend, this is um, the dangers of Black Liberation theology. And mind you, uh, the Black Consciousness Movement, no, the Black Consciousness movements of the 1960s, the uh, Black uh, Liberation Army, okay, the Black Liberation Front, the Black Panther Party, the Civil Rights Movement, Dr. King's Civil Rights Movement was hijacked by a Barabbas, uh, you know, uh, entity called Black, the Black Consciousness Movement. Dr. King's Civil Rights was hijacked, my friend, okay? And finally, Malcolm X got out of that and they killed him because in the uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X, there are three chapters, and not to leave about black liberation theology, but there are three chapters in the autobiography of Malcolm X that talks about his conservatism. Malcolm X, a black conservative who voted okay, uh, for Barry Goldwater a white Republican in '64. But you see, man, I got the deep state. They don't. They don't want you and I to know that, okay? And so, a lot of your listeners, you can go. Uh, if you, if all of your listeners, get an opportunity, uh, purchase the encyclopaedia uh, of the '60s, a decade of culture and counterculture. Okay, that, this is where the birth of both liberation theology and black liberation theology the Encyclopedia of the 60s, a decade of culture and counterculture. You see, what black liberation theology teaches, that only culture can transform culture, that's a lie. Jesus brought not a Jewish liberation theology. That's what the Zealots, brother Jeff, through Barabbas, who was once a rabbinical student himself, and his father was the chief rabbinate during the time of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then the zealots that, that represented during that time a Jewish form of liberation theology wanted to topple the Roman government, but Jesus Christ never allowed his, his ministry or his assignment to be hijacked. Why? Because of the victimhood mentality of of men and women around him. And in my conclusion, this is scary what I'm about to tell you, God. Uh, There is a professor in Los Angeles, California uh, by the name of Professor Dr. Philip Butler. Uh, He is a professor at Loyola um, Marymount University. At Loyola uh, Marymount University. Well, that's that's interesting. The term Loyola, Ignatius Loyola, one of the founding seven members of the Jesuit secret society in the in 1540 in Paris, France. So, Dr. Butler uh, has a project called now get this: Black Transhuman Theology. Black Transhuman or transhumanism theology. What is going on? So this is is the dangers of black liberation theology. You cannot castigate an ethnicity of one group in order to liberate yourself. It cannot be done. And that's all I have to say. So I just wanted to lay that foundation for you, going back to 1302 even up to this very present day concerning the dangers of black liberation theology.
1: Yeah, well, you know, and that's the thing is I feel it's really important that people understand a lot of this kind of stuff. And, you know, for people that maybe maybe they're listening to this and they're like, okay, that seems like that seems crazy. That seems out there, you know, like you're talking secret societies and that sort of thing. You know, the thing that I always say to people is don't take what I'm saying or don't take what you're saying at face right. value just because we're saying it. Go research it. Go study it. I mean, the the, the the thing the things that you're talking about, if you actually look at the history, you actually look at what's going on, I mean, it's it's verifiable. So go everybody go do your own research on this because when you start when you start digging and you start studying this kind of stuff, it, it seems crazy, But it's documented. Like there there's people at play and there's organizations at play behind the scenes that you don't see and maybe you don't understand. And maybe because you're only looking at the at the outside that you're like, okay, that that seems crazy. But when you actually start looking at things, things are a lot crazier than they seem. And that you know, I appreciate you you know you breaking all that down.
0: Yeah, you see, because true theology my friend, is not the condemnation of an ethnicity in order to liberate your ethnicity. That is not based upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Black liberation theology is dangerous. It is based upon the psychosis of victimhood. It is an affirmative action dogma. Let me say it again. It is an affirmative action dogma. That's all it is. And in my life, I never accepted affirmative action. Never. Not even when I went to seminary. Never. Because my father, who is a black Republican, and I'm a fourth generation bishop, all black Republicans, my friend, my family taught me that you are not a victim. No one owes you a penny. You have to work for it. OK, so they all lives matter. And matter of fact, there is. A all uh, black lives matter there is a black lives matter uh, my friend memorial at the Fullerton Theological Seminary why do, wh- why is it that a so-called Christ-centered seminary or cemetery is promoting black liberation theology by having a all black lives matter memorial why because you've got seminary or cemetery leaders who have the mindset, okay, of a Gustavo uh, uh, Gutierrez. They have a mindset of a Dr. James Cone. See, it's it's dangerous, man of God. It is dangerous. So I wanted to leave that uh, with you. And, um, and again, this is probably uh, going to be a series. This is powerful here, and, and like you said, a minute ago, um, brother Jeff, this has blown people's minds. They're going to say, no way. There is no way that this happened. Do your research. Don't believe Brother Larry. Do your research. In order to understand why black America is being played through the church, we have to go back to the origins, the origination of liberation theology that came up out of the Soviet Union. They a matter of fact, one of the um, KGB fronts uh, at this this 1968 uh, conference, the Second General uh, Council of Latino American Bishops in 1968 in Medellin, Colombia. Then you got the Third World Nations, Third World Nation Seeker Society, okay, in Brazil. Um, So the KGB, communism wants to exploit and all of you, to all of you, listeners, please write this down. The intent, the goal, of the KGB going back to 1941, even up to this very present day, present day and hour, right now in, 2000, in 2020, even though the KGB no longer exists and the Soviet Union no longer exists, but there's still communism around the world. Their goal was to totally exploit black pain and black suffering to exploit they didn't care about black folk my friend they didn't care about latin about 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 latin or latino brothers and sisters they wanted to use their pain and their lack of knowledge when i say ignorance and this is not a slight against the intelligentsia of black and latino people when when i mean ignorance ignorance means that person is ignoring the truth of the gospel. Ignorance is darkness. It's not a skin color. It's not an ethnicity. It's not a creed. That's what communism and Marxism and socialism and now fascism is all about. It's being funded okay, by a new Nikita Khrushchev, George Soros. It's being funded by multi billionaires. We're talking about the Rothschild dynasty, the Oppenheimer dynasty, okay? The Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, the Club of Rome, the Committee of 300, the Hidden Hand, okay? The very ones who set up the Federal Reserve, except for George Soros, who set up the Federal Reserve in 1913, are the very ones who are controlling this country today. And the ones who are controlling the Fed, my friend, are not, they're not U.S. citizens. Let me preface this again. The ones who are controlling the Federal Reserve System, which needs to be abolished, are not even American, system, uh, are not even American citizens. So, not to get away from the dangers of black liberation theology, but what you have heard, uh, man of God, for the past 52 minutes, Ought to uh open up the, the minds and the consciousness of your listeners. This is the dangers of black liberation theology. And, and I'm gonna say this too. If I'm if I'm wrong, correct me, man of God, because a wise man uh receives correction. No white person can go into a black church to teach this. Let, let me let me just um just download some wisdom. Two years ago, there was a well-known um, minister, a white brother, good brother at heart, who called me, he's well-known here in the United States, and said, Bishop, uh, I'm so upset with this particular church because they're teaching black liberation theology, and, and I want to go and just tell them off. I said, no, 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 no. What you're saying is the truth, but it's not but it's not up to you to say it. You see, that's like me going into a white-dominated church and teaching about the injustices of black people. No, my job is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. This young man, in his lack of wisdom, went on and did the complete opposite of what I told him to do. They shut him down, and that door is closed. You see, we have to use wisdom uh, when it when it comes to exposing the dangers of black liberation theology, this is powerful.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and there's and there's kind of two points I wanted to highlight that you were kind of talking about here is that I think one of the things that we're seeing with the the broader social justice movement in general is incorporating a lot of the things that you're talking about here with liberation theology. It's, it's like in the essence of what it is. And you see this, you know, even like looking at, at the debates that are going on with the presidential elections – I mean, everything is about victimhood. It's it's like they're exploiting people and they're telling them that they're victims, even if they're not, just because just be based off of inherent qualities of the person, like skin color, like gender, like all these different sort of things. It's divide, make you feel like a victim, and then you you make up a big bad person over here that is victimizing you whether they realize it or not. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening in the broader system in general. Um, it's 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 dangerous and it's something that does need to be combated. The other point that I wanted to bring up, you, you brought up Fuller, Fuller Theological Seminary a couple of times. And that's an important distinction because I think what's happening is that seems to be a hub for a lot of this error and a lot of this really bad theology that's destroying the church you go down the Mm -hmm. list and you look at some of those graduates right? You've got guys like Rob Bell you've got guys like Rick Warren I mean Rick Warren is in deep with a lot of this kind of stuff. You've got guys like John Piper that is getting in with Black Lives Matter who is opposed to uh, essentially, the Second Amendment. You've got guys like James White, who's promoting interfaith dialogues, and you know, basically putting Christianity on par with with Islam, and not quite going so far as saying that God and Allah are the same God. But I mean, there, the, he he was in his interfaith dialogue with a uh, Muslim Imam Yasser Qadhi. I mean, it was comparing and contrasting Christianity and Islam, and looking at the comparisons like. To me, that w- that's all coming out of Fuller Theological Seminary. Like, for whatever reason, that one seminary is a hub for all this theological insanity that's n- also impacting politics
0: as well. There is a movement, and thank you so much, Brother, um, Brother Jeff, for bringing up those two points, because you hit a nerve with me. That represents you are a great host here, and I thank God for you. Uh, there is a movement called the New Apostolic Reformation, or NAR. Um, And you may mention one of the past, um, Pastor Warren. He's deep into that. And for your listeners, the New Apostolic Reformation is not based uh, upon the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The problem I have with NAR, okay, is that they only concentrate on the giftings and the fivefold apostolic ministry of Ephesians four and eleven, but they don't have a doctrinal foundation of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So the new apostolic reformation is a cult. This is how the devil does. In a God. true deception, true deception has some truth sprinkled in it. That's how people get blood sucked into these spiritual fads and these secret societies so the new apostolic reformation okay uh with uh Rick Warren okay uh, all of these pastors Benny Hinn the TD Jakes they're all a part of this uh counterfeit posing as the apostolic church okay and there is another pastor that I don't know if you've heard of this um, this pastor before his name is pastor eric mason and i believe he's out of philadelphia, in philadelphia pennsylvania he started a movement called the woke church w capital w-o-k-e woke church now his upbringing is in islam also in the black consciousness movement of the 70s and 80s stemming back from the 60s so then his parents would take him from Christian church one sent it to a mosque back. So then his foundation, and mind you, that term woke, capital W-O-K-E, is a moniker, a word that came up and out of the black consciousness movements of the 1960s. When we talk about um, uh, black nationalism and pan-Africanism, you cannot mix the gospel of Jesus Christ with black nationalism and pan-Africanism. No. So uh, Eric Mason, in this woke church movement, and that term woke is a moniker that stems from the black consciousness movements, my friend. You see? So if people don't know this, they will get sucked into um, believing that somebody that doesn't look like them is oppressing them. Let let me tell you something. No one is oppressing me, okay? So this is another trick of the enemy. Remember Christianity Today magazine a couple weeks ago? The editor said that Donald Trump should be removed from office. Wait a minute now. Now, I thought Billy Graham founded Christianity Today. When Billy Graham went on to be with the Lord, guess who took it over? The liberation theological movement to, up to the left, the Fullerton Sem- seminaries or cemeteries, the Harvard Divinity School, the Princeton Divinity School, Duke Divinity School, okay? All of these seminaries, the Union Theological Seminary here in New York City, hijack Christianity today. And Christianity today supports Black Lives Matter. They support same-sex restrooms they support go check out uh, to all of your listeners don't believe me don't believe the bishop check it out yourself christianity today has multiple writers who are left-wing marxist theologians teaching a marxist leninist theology that it's okay to ordain a homosexual it's okay to uh, ordain a lesbian It's okay to marry a gay couple or a lesbian couple. The devil is alive. That is the roots of the tenets, my friend, of both liberation theology and black liberation theology that has hijacked uh, many platforms in the body of Christ, specifically Christianity Today magazine.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, we, and we're we seeing this with the Southern Baptist Convention. We're seeing this with the organization, the Gospel Coalition. Uh, we're seeing this with a lot of different organizations across the board where they're intentionally getting people that are infiltrating, that are pushing these progressive leftist Marxist, you know, ideals. I mean, you look, you look at the gospel coalition. Let's take a look at, I can never pronounce his last name and I don't even want to try because I don't, you know, whatever it is. But, but to or, you know, I think his uh, birth name is Ron Burns. Um, you know, right. he, he's really pushing a lot of this kind of stuff. Um, and if I am, if I remember correctly, he, he was a former member of the Nation of Islam, but it's yeah. it's crossing over into his Christian theology now, and to where it's it's almost like it's a blending of the two. But people are giving him a pass because he he became a Christian out of that. But I think what it, what's ended up happening is now because of the mesh of those two theologies coming together, he's pushing this essentially black liberation theology onto the gospel coalition, and they're accepting it full on from guys like Mark Dever and Tim Keller and all these guys. And it's coming in, and now it's infiltrating mainstream evangelicalism, which is something I didn't really think we'd see in such a short period of time, I think.
0: This is happening, I and I'm so glad that you brought up those names. Uh, you hit another, another nerve with me, man of God. Uh, I've been uh, hosting this—not hosting this series, but as a guest, as a special guest uh, on one of the most powerful podcasts here in, in America and around the world, the crowdsourced— the Crowdsourced the Truth podcast with a good friend of mine, Mr. Jason Goodman. We've been uh, discussing a series entitled Eugenics, the Eugenics of Identity Politics. And I've been exposing the nation of Islam going back as early as 1921, okay, with um, a, there was a secret society, not to get away from black liberation theology, but there was a secret society of assassins in India from early as early as the 1300s up until 1901, the Thuggy capital T-H-U W-G-W-E Thuggy Secret Society. This is where we get the term Thug or Thug Life. Okay? And the goddess of the Thuggy Secret Society was a goddess by the name of Kali, capital K-A-L-I which is also one of the gods that from time to time, Oprah Winfrey espouses See, Oprah Winfrey's a witch. I can say that as an African-American. She's a witch. So that the goddess Kaylee represents life that the thuggy Seeker society worship. This is where you get the term thug life. Now, Black liberation theology is a thug dogma i'm sorry i gotta tell the truth it is a thug theological dogma that's based upon like you say menega victimhood it's nothing more than a plantational uh systematic theology and do you know who else was proponents of liberation theology dietrich bonhoeffer the german theologian who was against the third Reich. He taught at the Union Theological Seminary here in New York City. He once taught there. He was also a member when he came uh, to visit um, the Abyssinian Baptist Church uh, here in Harlem, New York. Now, the Abyssinian Baptist Church are big proponents of black liberation theology. Adam Clayton Powell, Sr., pastor of that church, uh, up until 1936, and his son Adam Clayton Powell Jr., who went on to be a long-standing Democrat uh, congressman, supported abortion. They also were proponents of Black liberation theology. Uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was also a member in the Abyssinian Baptist Church, which the members of the Abyssinian Baptist Church would deny it to their breath. So the Abyssinian Baptist Church, which uh, is based upon the platform, the template of both liberation theology and black liberation theology. And it was Margaret Sanger, my friend, who approached another proponent of black liberation theology, long before there was a James Cone. She approached in 1929, a man by the name of Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois, well-known historical figure within uh, the black community. He said to her, if you are going to build abortion clinics targeting black America, and this is what he said February the 1929, he says you got to first target, the black pulpit. Why? Because he said black people are emotional, which is not true. I'm just saying, and, I, and this I'm not castigating against Uh, my black brothers and sisters and your black brothers and sisters. This is how black liberation theology is designed. It's designed not only to exploit your pain, your suffering, but also to exploit, okay, your emotions because they know black people are going to react. So the Abyssinian Baptist Church was the host to Margaret Singer. Okay, in March of 1929. And do you know, man of God, Margaret Singer, through Planned Parenthood, gave $500, okay, to 100 pastors, a part of the Harlem Pastoral Alliance in 1929, April of 1929, for what? To allow this demon, this eugenicist, Margaret Singer, to abort black babies. Do you realize, man of God, and, and again, this is not a black and white thing. I'm exposing the dangers of black liberation theology. Marcus Singer, in 1926, went to Silver Lake, New Jersey, and spoke to the Women's Auxiliary of the KKK and said that black people must be uprooted like weeds. She said that. Guess who was supporting her? Adam Clayton Powell Sr., Adam Clayton Powell Jr., the Abyssinia Baptist Church, Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois. This is the reason why the the United States government, through J. Edgar Hoover, not to get away from the dangers of black um, liberation theology, but J. Edgar Hoover, okay, deported a well known um, African Jamaican man by the name of Dr. uh, uh, Marcus Mosiah Garvey. Uh, Marcus Garvey was going to expose this conspiracy of proponents of black liberation theology before it was termed or deemed black liberation theology. It was going to expose the plot between the black pastors of Harlem and Margaret Sanger to abort black babies. But you know what, man of God? Margaret Sanger was married twice, and she had a sexual liaison, she had a relationship with Hollywood directors HG Wells, document it, okay? She had a relationship with HG Wells and Cecil B. DeMille, document it. But yet she's talking about the morality, okay, of Planned Parenthood. This woman, okay, had a mindset, I am going to abort children that she deemed with the help of black liberation-minded pastors, long before James Cone, she was going to abort babies whom she deemed to be feeble-minded. She says the the most unsafest place for a black child to be is in his or her mother's womb. Man of God, see, I I have been anointed to expose the powers of darkness, and my son, I'm a contract killer. Which means God has anointed me to decapitate the government of Satan. And that's what we're doing here tonight. Well, you, you got me started here tonight.
1: <laughs> well, you know, like I, I think that, you know, like one of the things, as you're kind of talking, it, it's making me think about a lot of what we're seeing going on with like the the Southern Baptist Convention and how all of this is kind of like infilt- oh. in, It's infiltrating in, right? Right. And I think, you know, more recently we had uh, the MLK 50 event that, that guys like Russell Moore were hosting, and they were basically hijacking uh, MLK and using that to really push a lot of, like, reparations and these racial divisions and just, like, things in the hierarchies and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but right. One, of, one of the main, you know, keynotes or one of the main speakers there was a guy named John Perkins, who, you know, he, he seems like a very likable guy. To me, yeah. he see, he seems like he genuinely cares about people, right? When, when you listen to him talk, but at the same time, he's still he's really pushing reparations. He's really pushing this kind of like victimhood mentality within the African yes. American community. I mean, what, what what's your take on somebody like a John Perkins, who he seems to have this genuine caring heart for people, but at the same time, he's pushing a lot of the stuff that you're, that you're talking about here.
0: Excellent question. I had a guest on about two years ago, John Perkins, a white brother. I don't know if that's the same guy. If no, This John di- Perkins is what?
1: No, different guy. He he uh, he he was from what where was he in in like Mississippi, I think it was, and uh, he was an African American preacher back in back, kind of a contemporary of like MLK and that sort of thing.
0: He is in right alignment with this um, John Perkins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He is close friends. With Bishop Michael Curry here in New York City. Now, to all of your listeners, remember um, who is it? Prince, um, the younger brother Prince William, William in 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 the UK. What's his name? The brother who just got married to um, the African American actress. What a uh, year ago two
1: years. I'm totally blanket,
0: it? but I I know exactly who you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yep. Okay. Bishop Michael Curry is a black. Liberation the, um, theologian, he gave the uh, sermon at the wedding, okay, at their wedding, okay, in Buckingham Palace or outside of Buckingham Palace, uh, I believe at Christ, uh, Christ Church or Trinity Church in the, uh, in London. But anyway, Bishop Michael Curry is a proponent of same-sex marriage, but yet he's at black liberation. Uh, student of Dr. James Cone. But Bishop Michael Curry uh, is a proponent of same-sex marriage, same-sex restrooms, okay? Uh, he is, he's pushing now here in New York City for homosexuals and lesbian, lesbians to be deemed a... a, 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 a let me get this straight. He's pushing um, legally for homosexuals And lesbians to be looked at as as a civil rights, as civil rights entities. Listen, homosexuality is not a civil right. Lesbianism is not a civil right. But Bishop Michael Curry here is pushing that. Wait a minute. He's supposed to be a bishop and minister, but yet he's pushing this Marxist victimhood, okay, form of theology, whereas he's pushing civil rights within the lgbtq community that is anti-christ that's anti-bible and and again i'm so glad that you're bringing up these names man of god again i love i used to love td jakes but now uh his gospel was watered down he's a part of this black liberation theology so black liberation theology uh it's a cancer within the anatomy of the church it has to be exposed. And, and and getting back to Eric Mason of the Woke Church, okay? Uh, he has a Islamic background. I was uh, telling you a couple minutes ago uh, concerning the Nation of Islam, I was exposing the Nation of Islam. And to all of your listeners, if they get an opportunity, uh, look up the history of the Nation of Islam, okay? Uh, it was founded by a man by the name of uh the nation of islam calls master farah muhammad okay it's a call but this Master farah muhammad whose real name is wallace Dodd ford who was not black at all brother eric a white man that was born in new zealand but yet louis farrakhan a huge proponent of black liberation theology is saying that this man who has 58 aliases, according to the FBI, Wallace Dodd-Ford, who was married to two women at the same time and dating another one, right, shocking up with a third woman all at the same time, but yet this man is God to them. Ignorance. It's a cult. So in the psychology of black America, they have they got to be liberated from the psychosis, uh, like you said, victimhood. That's plantational theology. I hear all of these young people, and they sometimes they tell me, man of God, well, Bishop, I gotta work ten times harder because I'm a black woman. I gotta work twenty times harder because I'm a black man. Stop. That's garbage. That is victimhood. You see, the left—they want people to think of themselves as as a victim. Okay, look at the look at the the squad in Washington D.C. Look at AOC. I believe a year a year and a half ago, she shut down, man of God, she shut down a company by the name of the Amazon company that was going to um, give birth to thirty thousand jobs in Long Island. But she stopped them because she told her constituents they're gonna raise your taxes. No, she wants them to go back to the plantation, go back to public assistance, and to rely on the system. And mind you, I'm not condemning those who are on welfare, okay? There are some people, uh, seniors, who need that. But the system of black liberation theology is the spiritual arm, my friend, of the democratic plantation, which goes back to 1964 and 65, Lyndon Baines Johnson's Great Society, which gave birth to the welfare state, which gave birth to the American ghetto industrial complex. New York City, Chicago, Cleveland, Los Angeles, Houston, they're all rat holes. Baltimore, Maryland, the president, um, you know, the, he, he said the truth. He told us the truth a couple of months ago. Baltimore, Maryland is a rat hole. Why is that? Is that because of the GOP? No. That's because of the history, my friend, of left-wing democratic rule. Now we have a president and the Holy Spirit just spoke to me, and forgive me for running my mouth, but you got me so excited.
1: No, go for it.
0: We have, a, we have a president who is not in any Illuminati bloodline, who was not put there by the Russians, okay, or by the Ukrainians. The Lord Jesus Christ put that man into office. He is not only the present-day Cyrus of Isaiah chapter 45, being the 45th president of the United States of America. But my friend, he's also a type of Jehu in First Kings, who was the one that assassinated and destroyed Jezebel. There is a Jezebel trying to destroy the president. That's Nancy Pelosi. She is a Jezebel. But you know what, man of God? It's not going to work. The Bible says no weapon that's formed against the president. Listen it's being informed but guess what brother jeff it will never prosper so this is the reason why the left want black people to stay on the plantation to think of of yourself as a victim as a statistic okay this is what i've been doing for the past 36 years man of god i had traveled to all over the world to more than 102 countries exposing this. But you said uh, something about this minister who has roots in the Nation of Islam. I have a good friend who is a minister in the Nation of Islam. I'm not going to uh, make mention of his name. Well-known brother. I've been telling him for years, man of God, specifically for the past 20 years. This is the origin of the Nation of Islam. It is a cult. And it goes all the way back, okay? to 1913 when this Wallace Dodd Ford, one of his 58 aliases, came to the United States, moved to Portland, Oregon, moved uh, Newark, New Jersey, across the river here, and moved to Los Angeles, this Wallace D. Ford, or Fard, F-A-R-D, who was looked upon as God by the Nation of Islam, was sent to prison between 1926 to 1929 in St. Quentin. Why? For murder and also for selling narcotic drugs, for selling drugs in his restaurant. But yet he's gone. There is a spirit of ignorance, okay, in Black America. And people are going, they're going to send you emails, man of God, but listen. I have got to expose the truth. So myself, I'm not a victim. I am a man of God, and I'm an anointed to call those things which be not as though they were. But getting back to the dangers of black liberation theology with this nation of Islam, it is a cult man of God. Everything that they are teaching counters against the word of God. Louis Farrakhan is a part of the Boule Seeker Society. And to your listeners, if you have never heard of the Boule Seeker Society, that term, that word, Boule, is spelled capital B O U L apostrophe E. It is a Greek word, my friend, signifying the lower levels of power of the Greek parliament. So if we study Greek Hellenistical history politically, even today, the laurel level of the greek parliament who are the security guards the protectors of the powers that be above them the boule secret society is a black secret society that was birthed in philadelphia pennsylvania in 1904 through six black um men who were doctors and lawyers i believe two was a dentist beginning with Dr. Henry McKee Minton. Why was they designed? You see, the Booleys, my friend, they are the black version of the skulls and bones. You see, black folk during segregation, they were not allowed to be a part of any secret society, Brother Jeff, and especially the skulls and bones. So that Dr. Henry McKee Minton created, and we're talking about black liberation theology, created a black secret society that very few people know today entitled the boule secret society which gave birth my friend to nine distinct black Greek letter secret societies okay which exists in black colleges and universities today Nine. there so these nine black Greek letter secret societies that are training the next generation, uh, Brother Jeff, of black liberational-minded leaders. So the Divine Nine Pan-Hellenic Council that's being over uh, oversaw, that is being covered by the Boule Seeker Society. Now remember the story of the Knights of the Round Table, okay? Not to get away from black liberation theology, but it ties into black liberation theology. The Knights of the Round Table historically had nine knights as high as 150, but nine knights with the addition of four knights protecting the table. So the nine knights today, Rothschild, Oppelheimer, Warburgs, Rockefellers, George Soros, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Trilateral Commission, each of the, there are 13 families, my friend, who control 99% of the wealth upon this planet. 99% of the wealth being controlled by 13 families. And the nine of the 13 represents the system of what we call illumination, illuminati, which comes from the Latin Vulgate word, illuminato, that term nato, that's interesting the North American uh, trade organization alliance, okay, that Trump is going to shut down. So then nine nights of the nights of the round table, but each night, my friend, is protected by a boule of the divine nine, okay? Alpha Phi Alpha, Omega Psi Phi, all of these black Greek letter societies, nine, are protecting the global Luciferian system of the nine families out of the 13 protected them. That's what a boule is. He doesn't own the table, Brother Jeff. He is just a protector of the table. But these boulets are sucked into this black liberation theology which is causing the masses of black people to stay on the plantation. Al Sharpton, Al Sharpton, who I call uh, Reverend Al Vitamin B Deficient Sharpton, he's a boule. Okay? He he was an FBI informant during the 1980s. Louis Farrakhan is a boule. He was inducted into the Omega Sci-Fi fraternity last year. Dick Gregory was a boule. All of your sports and entertainment figures in black America are boules. Jay-Z. Beyonce okay your listeners if you get a chance right now look up LeBron James he has that Boulay tattoo on his chest that Boulay insignia that logo of the Boulay which is a hat which is a sphinx of a half a man a half a woman which represents the transgender system within the boule, and also represents an animal So you have an animal, half man, half woman. This is the boule logo. And this animal has his or her right hand on what we call an urn, capital U-R-N, where they keep ashes of dead people. In other words, the bouleys are telling their masters. I'm not talking about white or black. The masters, okay, the master to them is Lucifer, Okay? So then, the Boule logo with the right hand of this animal on top of this urn is that's a sign that here is the masses of the psychology of Black people, which is death. So the Boule, they are chosen, Brother Jeff. Barack Obama was not elected, Barack Obama was selected. He's a Boule. His wife, Michael Robinson, I'm sorry, Michelle Obama is a boule. These boules, Kobe Bryant, who would never come into the black community, he's a boule. LeBron James, who has that boule tattooed on his chest. All of these men and women, Oprah Winfrey, Jesse Jackson, Reverend Al Sharpton, Farrakhan, they're all boules who are nothing more than overseers over what I call the crab-barrel system. So then the crab-barrel system, in connection to black uh, liberation theology, is a system where they're keeping the masses of the black people in this system, and guess who are the supervisors (laughs) of the crab-barrel? Louis Farrakhan, Jesse Jackson, okay? Barack Obama, so these men and women are an extension of the dangers of Black Liberation theology. So, but well, this is powerful tonight.
1: Yeah, no, it really is. And you know, and one of the things that you know, kind of to just back up really quick uh, about uh, the Nation of Islam actually being a cult is look look at who they've been partnering with as of recently. In the sense of they've been oh, working very closely yes. <laughs> with Scientology, which is my friend, nothing oh, but Go a cult. Ahead, no, but it's nothing but a cult. And, and, that's, and that's the thing, is that that should be an eye-opener for anybody that this is not an organization that should be taken seriously if they're partnering with Scientology in any way, let alone pushing all of their members to be going through all of the auditing and all the craziness that Scientology pushes.
0: And, and to your and to your listeners, um, every Tuesday from 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I am a guest um, on the CrowdSource The Truth show which is uh, seen live, not just on uh, YouTube, I believe on Periscope too, and that everyone can see that live on Twitter. You you hit another nerve with me concerning the Church of Scientology. I started a brand new series uh, this past Tuesday on the Church of Scientology. What business does Louis Farrakhan in the Nation of Islam have anything to do with the Church of Scientology? Remember, the Nation of Islam is a boule organization, and they are assigned to protect the system of who? The Church of Scientology. The Church of Scientology, concerning Dianetics, it was not. It did not begin with Elron Hubbard in 1953. Dianetics goes all the way back, my friend, uh, to the 1500s, to the first modifier or alterter who was also a warlock and a witch and astrologer in the court of Queen Elizabeth I, John D, capital D, double E. He was the first alter. So if a man or a woman would want to have a meeting with the queen, okay, John D would have to alter them or modify them through a seance. Look it up up. It is documented, okay? Why do we think, why do you think that L. Ron Hubbard, where he got this stuff from? He didn't come up, he didn't have the intelligence, my friend, or the intelligentsia. The Church of Scientology is a cult. The Church of Scientology in the 1970s and 80s had their own intelligence agency called the Guardian Office. Through Operation Snow White, L. Ron Hubbard, during the 70s, and I believe up until 81, 82, he was sending, Brother Jeff, spies, agents, provocateurs into every uh, position within the federal government. Why? To destabilize the government. So the FBI uh, has, through the Freedom of Information Act, any of your listeners can go to, um, just go to... FBI.gov, FBI.gov, in Freedom of Information Act, including CIA.gov, uh, FOIA, Freedom of Information Act, has got thousands, okay, of dossiers on L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard, through the Church of Scientology, started in December of 1953, eight months after the MK Ultra Project started in April of 53 through Sidney Gottlieb who was also a Scientologist wait a minute now so MKUltra is in connection to Scientology because L. Ron Hubbard has created what he calls a religion that is a mixture of from the Theosophical Society from the Society of Thelema from Aleister uh, Crawley a witch and a warlock, a a mixture from the teachings of John D concerning all the team in modification. And mind you, mind you, man of God, it was Vonnie Matheson who created the E-meter, that we call it, that cost somebody $5,000. Why would someone have to pay $5,000 to get liberated? I I said this past Tuesday. Boy, you hit a nerve with me concerning Scientology. Vonnie Matheson, Whose pen name is Dave Vonley, capital D E X Vonnie, capital V O L N E Y, wrote many books, okay, uh, during um, the 40s and 50s. And also, one of the doctrinal tenets that L. Ron Hubbard taught was his Battlestar Earth Galactica. With this creature Xenu, capital X E N U, and when people understand and study about the history of the psychology of L. Ron Hubbard, Xenu was part was a partner within the sci-fi realm to another entity called Yaku. That's what Louis Farrakhan teaches, that there was a black scientist 6,000 years ago that was creating white people. Wait a minute now, that's why they got together, Brother Jeff. Not just because of the bully aspect of them protecting the, um, the Church of Scientology, but also the uh, background, the linguistics, the, the, the template of the science fiction mindsets of both el-ron humber zenu and elijah muhammad yaku are a part of the same story but see people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge so what you and i are doing have been doing uh, for the past hour and a half is uh, is to we we are peeling back the layers my friend and exposing the core of black liberation theology. And again, the Nation of Islam is a cult. The Nation of Islam was paid $2.3 million by the Church of Scientology. Why? Because the Church of Scientology now owns the Nation of Islam. Why is that? Because Scientology is now infiltrating black America. There's a Scientology temple right here in Harlem. Why is it? Wait a minute now. So you, so the Church of Scientology is planting temples in Black America, but yet L. Ron Hubbard was a racist. L. Ron Hubbard called Black people apes and, and pimps. That was L. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard talked about uh, Islam as if it is a dog. Or an animal, but yet the Nation of Islam is joined hip to hip with the Church of Scientology. It's it's hypocritical. So then, these are the dangers of Black Liberation theology. And you know what, man of God, I gotta say this: is that I have been challenged for the past two weeks by people sending me emails from the Nation of Islam, okay, stating that what you're teaching bishop is not true about us okay then prove me wrong and you know what man of god no one has come forward and 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 no one has countered of what i said no one has come forward and said bishop you were wrong you know why because i'm telling the truth see they don't want to they do not want to debate me they don't want to do that because they will be exposed. Okay. It's a farce. The nation of Islam is a farce. The church of Scientology, thank God that you, that you brought up that entity, man of God. It's a farce. Okay. You got Hollywood actors being attracted in order for them to recruit people. Okay. You got people who are committing suicide. Because they went broke, busted, and disgusted, trying to be audited. And, and if I'm President Trump, I would shut down the Church of Scientology. But you see what's, what, what L. Ron Hubbard did. The FBI, right before his death, was going to shut him down. So he, he was no longer a corporation. He's now a religion. It, they, deem, they, they legally entitled themselves as a religion. Why? Because the FBI was going to shut them down. So the Church of Scientology, which is totally against the psychological community here in the United States, they don't believe in the DSM-5, my friend, the Diagnostic uh, statistical manual of the American Psychological and Psychiatric Association in Washington, D.C. But isn't it interesting that L. Ron Hubbard in a letter in 1947 to the VA in Los Angeles, he said that I need psychological help. Wow, I need mental and psychological help. And before he died, uh, man of God, he was on a, a, a plethora of psychotic pills, but yet he was against psychology. Again, all of this is rooted back to the dangers of black liberation theology. And I guarantee you this is blowing the minds of your listeners, man of God, but we have to expose it for what it is. People say, well, Jesus Jesus wasn't white, Bishop. I said, I don't care what color he was. You know what? The word of God tells you and I, um, Brother Jeff, that God is a spirit. He's not an ethnicity. He is not a pigmentation. Notice that term pigmentation, the herd of swine, (laughs) the demons. He's not a pigmentation. He's not a ethnicity. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So that's the premise of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God is not a color. He's not a creed. He doesn't love one uh, group of people upon another because of their sufferings. Okay? That was paid for 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Okay? Now, remember here, um, before we close out, I I wish you could be here all night, Brother Jeff. But remember, when LSD came out, okay, keep a mental paper clip there. In your minds concerning Black Liberation Theology, when LSD came out through MK Ultra in 1953 through Sidney Gottlieb, okay, and sydney Gottlieb was a Scientologist. LSD. What is the first letter of Lucifer? L. What is the first letter of Satan? S. What is the first letter of Devil? D. LSD. So that's the rootology of the spirit of LSD. It's a luciferic, satanic, devilish mindset. I call it spiritual opium, my friend. And I was saying on um, on Jason Goodman's, Goodman's show the other day t- this past Tuesday on crowdsource the truth that uh, there was a man, not to get away from black uh, liberation theology, When we tie Vonnie Matheson, the creator of the e meter, he is a direct descendant by blood to a British man by the name of James Matheson, along with William Jardine, who had plumbered and really plummeted and almost destroyed China with opium. It was the British government with Rothschild financial backing, including the financial backing of a family in India, the Sassoon family. Now, remember Vidal Sassoon? He is a direct descendant of the Sassoon dynasty in India. Okay? They had paid millions of dollars to William Jordan and James Matheson to bring opium into China through the first and second opium war, okay? So in other words, the term opium, if we dissect it in its etymology, it means a distraction. It means the spirit of not just distracting one from reality, but the term opium in, in the Greek Hellenistic text also means that which has been modified or altered it. Interesting. So that James Matheson, his descendant, okay, hundreds of years later, was a man by the name of James um, uh, um, Vaughnie James. I'm sorry, Vaughney Matheson. So James Matheson, who had plundered China with opium, is related by blood to the s- same person, brother Jeff, who created the E meter. That's why the topic the other day on crowdsource the truth was Scientology, the third opium war of deception. The black liberation theology is a fourth opium war of deception. In other words, it is deceiving black America and they're teaching black supremacy. They always talk about white supremacy white White supremacy doesn't exist. And I do apologize for going all over the map, but the spirit of the Lord is leading me as I speak. White supremacy does not exist unless a person gives it power. It does not exist. The term white supremacy came from Lyndon Baines Johnson in 1964. He was the first person, Brother Dornick, to term... Or coined the term white supremacy. The same one who was the um, the architect of the Great Society that would keep black people on the plantation. The same Lyndon Baines Johnson said after Dr. King and Ralph Abernathy, okay, and all of the black intelligentsia showed up at the White House of the signing of the Great Society, the Voting Rights Act and the welfare, uh, that gave birth to the welfare state, Lyndon Baines Johnson, a liberal, my friend, said, and I quote, I will keep these N-I-G-G-E-Rs in the Democratic Party for 200 years. A liberal. So why is it that black America is tied to the plantation of the left? This is the danger, my friend. black liberation theology because you have to understand brother jeff that darkness has a sophistication there is a sophisticated structure schematical structure of darkness the enemy never shows his true intent remember i said about 15 20 minutes ago true deception has some truth sprinkled in it so through the great society through receiving scraps, through the welfare state. The left keeps people in a state of victimhood. Okay? You got the, what was it, the, um, the debate last night. Everyone talking about free health care. Who's going to pay for it? Who's paying for health care? Bernie Sanders talking about free education. He's a communist. Come on, man. See, black people are beginning to wake up today. I'm a member of the Black Voices for Trump. Black America, there's a portion of Black America, Brother Dornick, we are beginning to wake up. I've been woke up all my life, awake, excuse me, not awoke, awaken all my life. And it's our responsibility to awaken, not just people of color, all Americans, that the Democratic Party is on its last leg, okay? The Democratic Party, which God is not a part of, they, I don't understand. Brother Jeff, you got to help me in this. They are castigating the president, not to get away from the dangers of black liberation theology. They are castigating the president because he took out a terrorist. I do not understand. See, those are the remnants of liberation theology, which has infected the Democratic Party, and I said this uh, some weeks ago, and this is really gonna blow your mind concerning the dangers of black liberation theology. Concerning Thomas Jefferson and James Madison, those two gentlemen were the founders and the creators of what is now called the Democratic Party. Thomas Jefferson was a pedophile. I I. Listen, I challenge your listeners, look it up. Don't believe the bishop. Look it up. Thomas Jefferson was a pedophile, the architect of today's Democratic Party. That's the spiritual root of the doorneck, through which the spirit of pedophilia has dominated left wing policies in this country. And I know people love Thomas Jefferson, okay? He also wrote the Constitution uh, of the Nation of France, Thomas Jefferson. Did, but he was a pedophile. Now, somebody might say, "Well, Bishop, that was three, four hundred years ago. That was a no. no." Sin has no domain when it comes to uh, time period of timeology. Pedophilia—it was pedophilia, and then it's pedophilia now. And now the left, my friend, with With the Boulays, Black Preachers, protecting Nancy Pelosi, okay? Uh, Chucky Schumer, okay? Adam Schiff is a board member of an organization, check it out online. Adam Schiff is a board member of an organization in California called Little Kids. Capital L-I-D-D-L-E, capital K-I-D-Z, Little Kids, You know what they practice, uh, Brother Dornick? Massage therapy on infants. That's pedophilia. Which, Adam Schiff is a board member, the same devil that's trying to take down the president. I'm telling you, man of God, President Trump is going to be there for another four or five years. In the next four to five years, you are going to see hundreds of thousands of pedophiles in our government on the left get exposed and be taken to prison I'm telling you God is transforming America America was not built on black liberation theology it was not built on Islam the United States of America was never built on Islam I don't care what Barack Obama has said black liberation theology is not of God the United States of America was built upon the gospel of Jesus Christ, the word of God, the Bible. We are a Christian nation, my friend, and we're going to keep it a Christian nation. And this is the reason why um, a, a, a powerful man of God like you. And I thank God for you, uh, Brother Dornick, because uh, you are the, the conduit, the platform through which God is using you to speak to the world. So to our brothers and sisters tonight, the dangers of black liberation theology, for those of you who are a part of uh, this powerful revolution, this powerful uh, podcast that my brother is hosting, support him financially. Why? Because he's given a platform to historians like myself who have been anointed to expose darkness? Amen to God. I'm going to say something and let you go. Listen, these demons on the left, I'm going to push them into hell as fast as I can. Why? Because I am going to expose the dangers of Black Liberation theology. Any more questions? Man, this is powerful tonight.
1: No, well, I, you know, I, th- I think that I think that's the perfect way to kind of close it out because I, because I think the thing is is that when when we're looking at all of these forces that are that are at work, we're looking at you know different. We're looking at cults. We're looking at you know liberation theology. We're looking at the Democrats. We're looking at progressive ideologies. We're looking at Planned Parenthood. They're all using pretty much the same strategy. It's just slightly different, and I and I think that that's the thing that I think we can remember is that yes, there are, there is particulars when it comes to Black liberation theology versus Scientology versus the Nation of Islam, but we got to remember who's behind the scenes actually running things. And we know that Satan is working to try to oppose God. We know that ultimately Christ is going to win in the end. And I think that that's the thing that we can remember. We're, we see all this bad out there. We know, we know who's the author of that because he's working in all of it. And that's why there's similarities in all these different areas. But ultimately we know, looking at eschatology, looking at revelation, looking at what's going to happen at the end. We know who's going to win so we can trust that, hey, God's sovereign. God's in control.
0: You see, man of God, before we close out, uh, and I thank God for you, man of God. You you are a great host here tonight. And and the thing is, uh, I I said I've been teaching this and espousing this for the past 25 years um, on radio. I'm a nationally syndicated radio host. Um, through the Life uh, Radio uh, Network, 92.9 FM, 1460 AM, um, through the iHeart uh, Radio Network and the iHeart Media Group here in New York City, New York. Thank God we average, uh, by the grace of God, between 20 to 25 million people. And I- I've been espousing this for years, what I'm about to tell you. America has been lied to. Black America has been lied to, Is has been has been bamboozled into believing that the Ku Klux Klan came out of the Republican Party, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The Democratic Party in 1865 created the Ku Klux Klan. It was a man by the name of Judah P. Benjamin, who was the Secretary of State in war for the Confederacy along with Albert Pike, with Rothschild money, created the KKK. But yet they're blaming white people for blame. Oh, my. This is some heavy stuff. See, white people had nothing to do with the KKK. I'm going to say this again. You got, I, I believe there are, your listeners right now, they got their jaws dropped to the floor. The KKK was not created nor designed by white America. Black America, you've been lied to. The KKK in its origin is a Rothschild creation who was totally against the presidency of Abraham Lincoln. Okay? This is the reason why that Rothschild had uh, supplied both North and South during the Civil War. and and But they're using okay the south was using black soldiers as a type of of a boule, as a buffer to protect them wait a minute now they were they were using slaves to die on the front line that's that's the democratic party so the kkk was not created by the right was not not created by you and I Manicom. it was created by left-wing politicians through the Democratic Party throughout its history the Democratic Party has promoted white supremacy. The Democrats are you know why because they're treating black people like're we stupid every time every time Hillary Clinton is in trouble she goes to a black church. And she wants to get on the pulpit talking like she's black, but it's not black is ignorance. But she, I don't blame her man of God. I blame black folk for allowing it to happen for allowing Bill and Hillary Clinton, allowing those from the left to use black America. And after these politicians are elected, you don't see them again until the next three to four years. So I thank God for, for your broadcast. And to your listeners right now, with your permission, um, Brother Jeff, I would, uh, I'm asking for all of your listeners, if you can financially support Global Spiritual Revolution Radio here in New York City, uh, New York. If you uh, love the, uh, the impartation, the teaching for the past almost two hours, please So right now your best offering, whether it is, $100, $50, $20, go to paypal.me forward slash capital G, capital S, capital R, capital R media group. Again, paypal.me, M-E, forward slash G-S-R-R media group. Whether it is $10, $20, 50 100 No, I don't have a Mercedes-Benz, but it takes money to sustain a global platform like Global Spiritual Revolution Radio, paypal.me forward slash GSRR media group. When you give unto the Lord, he will give you more to give. And that is uh, my summary tonight, man of God, of the dangers of black liberation theology, the intersection of Marxism and socialism.
1: Well, definitely. I mean, you know, I, I really appreciate you coming on because this, this was a fascinating conversation. I feel like we, we covered a lot of ground, but it's the thing is, is that even even though we were kind of jumping from topic to topic, it's all interconnected. And I think that that's the thing that I think we can remember as we're looking at all this kind of stuff is that there there is Satan. He's working behind the scenes. He's got his hand in yeah. a bunch of different pots, but it's, it's all the same source Whee! that's trying to take – that's trying yeah. to uh, thwart – God's plan. And I think we again we can remember God's sovereign. He's in control. Satan's going to try, but he's he's and he's even going to get he's even going to get close, but he's not going to win. So Larry, thank you so much for coming on. Uh everybody, you know, you guys can follow him on social media, um you know, listen to him on the radio and uh you know, definitely support him and, you know, keep uh you know, keep listening for all of his information. And we'll have to have you back on sometime. I, I really appreciate you coming on.
0: I would be so honored. We're going to get you on uh, Global Spiritual Revolution Radio as well and on tomorrow night. Uh, matter of fact, your listeners go to LifeRadioNJ.com. Again, LifeRadioNJ.com, like forward slash Gators, G-A-I-T-E-R-S. And I am on every uh, Tuesday and Thursday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. have been, uh, as far as we're concentrating on Thursdays now, right, because I'm recovering Uh, health wise. So tomorrow night, we're going to have Pastor Mark Burns on Global Spiritual Revolution Radio on tomorrow night. Pastor Mark Burns, powerful African American pastor who spoke at the Republican National Convention right back in 2016. Uh, Powerful brother, he will be with us on tomorrow night. And then I will be uh, getting back to this, um, this fallacy of the Black Liberation of Black Liberation Theology in our number two. And I also want to announce, too, that um, the third Thursday night in March, we're going to have Kanye West on Global Spiritual Revolution Radio. Um, He was scheduled to be on April, but they're pushing it up to March. So uh, we're we're excited what the Lord is doing. And to all of your listeners, please give, bless um, Global Spiritual Revolution Radio. Go to PayPal.com me forward slash gsrr media group again beloved paypal.me forward slash gsrr media group and thank you so much man of god for allowing me to grace your program and uh do apologize for going so long-winded tonight but this i'm just under the unction of the holy spirit and and i am in love with jesus christ and i am in love Um, with his people. So God bless you in Jesus mighty name.
1: Definitely. Thank you so much, Larry. And for everybody that's watching as well, make sure you get, you guys can go to gatekeepersonline.com. We've got our membership program uh, plugged in and uh, it's only 10 bucks a month. And then you guys get access to podcasts like this that we're streaming live as well as the other, the other shows like the Schumann show, Battlefront Southgate, the shiny light podcast, that sort of thing. You guys get that a week early. Um, And then uh, you also get our uh, weekly devotional that we're sending out via email. So uh, you guys can participate in that as well. And uh, yeah, make sure you get like, subscribe, all the good stuff on all the socials and YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And hey, see you guys next time.